0: Welcome to IA Financial Group's In Your Interest podcast, where we aim to share with you the essentials of economic news and its impact on your finances. My name is Ashley, and this week we're talking about food inflation with Sebastien McMahon, our Chief Strategist and Senior Economist. Hi, Sebastien. Hello, Ashley. So, uh, Sébastien, inflation seems to be slowing down everywhere, except for at the grocery store. Is that possible?
1: It is possible. It's more than possible. It's actually what's going on right now. Uh, Maybe just some definitions to get this out of the way. You know, inflation, uh, food inflation is measured by Statistics Canada. Mm -hmm. So, they just construct the average grocery basket that's consumed each week by a typical household. So, they do surveys and they build a typical thing. And then every single month, they just look at the evolution of the price. Of that basket, and they come out with the food inflation numbers. So, the latest numbers that we have on inflation as we're recording this uh, are the March 2023 numbers. So, if we start with the total inflation in Canada, we know that it's slowed to 4.3%. Uh, for the month of March. So so between March 2022 and March 2023, the price of the average goods and services in Canada went up by 4.3%, but food inflation specifically is still high at 9%. So the average grocery basket went up by 9%. The price went up by 9% between March 2022 and 2023, and it's still close to the peak of 10.5% that was reached just last January. And unfortunately, monthly, food inflation. So month over month, we see that uh, since the beginning of the year, we'll look at January, February, and March, the average pace of inflation month over month is still around 0.5%, which is elevated, and it shows no signs of slowing down yet. So we're not out of the woods for food inflation by any measure.
0: Okay. And why do the prices keep going up? Uh, Are the grocery stores lining their pockets?
1: Probably some of that. Uh, Let's say that the grocery chains are well-consolidated right now. They're well-oiled machines. Mm -hmm. And they tend to be good at protecting their profit margins. And they were summoned at Ottawa a few months ago to explain themselves. And yes, the margins are a bit higher, but it's not just them. Also, the large multinationals, the taken advantage of the inflationary wave to drive up the prices of their products. So the producers of sugar, of flour, of some beverages, you know, they've just used the inflation wave of the last few years, maybe to front load some of the price hikes that would have been coming anyway in 2023, 2024, 2025. So there was a window that's just pushed the prices up right now. So maybe that means that we'll see prices go sideways at some point, but thinking that prices will start moving lower, uh, that's still uh, that's still far-fetched.
0: I see. And if we take a look at the global food market, where what are we looking at?
1: Well, this is where we go into the realm of geopolitics. So let, let's try to keep this uh, interesting and not too dry for, for anyone <laughs> out there. But, you know, if uh, for you climate change is not you, Ashley, but for if someone listening to that, things like climate change is still an abstract concept, well, it seems to be catching up uh, with all of us now on our plates. So the the rise in food prices is mainly due to factors that are global, such as droughts, uh, severe storms, crop diseases, and even armed conflicts. We've talked about Ukraine a few times, but Ukraine and Russia are both large producers of uh, of grains and mm-hmm. cereals so the, if they stop exporting or if there is some sanctions uh, economic sanctions on them well it just disrupts the whole market prices go up everywhere and if it's uh, things that are as elementary as as grains well grains go into multiple other products so that pushes inflation uh, higher so the world bank event went as far recently as recommending urgent measures to strengthen food security including some support programs for small farmers, uh, investments in irrigation, other agricultural infrastructure, uh, all these things, you know, if we have some small producers in some regions of the world, that because that they are facing climate ch- change before us, they have issues producing the food that the planet needs. Well, we we'll need to make sure that at least we don't have to deal with uh, an undersupplied market in food.
0: Absolutely. And does Canada produce enough food for its population or are we dependent on what happens everywhere? Well,
1: no country is entirely independent, of course. So we'll always import fruits and vegetables from a warmer countries. So if you like uh, bananas, for example, and you like to eat them in January, well, uh, most likely these are not produced in Canada. No. So <laughs> so it's not for everything. But if you look at the net picture, Canada has become a net food exporter since 2019, mostly because we export lots of grains. Um uh, so it makes us a bit less uh, affected by the post-pandemic global food uh, price uh, surge. So to reduce food inflation, it's not just about uh, acting local. It's really globally the importance of sustainable agriculture, responsible consumption, uh, in particularly, uh, particularly by supporting organic farming, uh, reducing food waste at a large level, encouraging a healthier and a more balanced diet around the world. So food inflation is a major problem that requires global solutions.
0: And then beyond our portfolios, is the global food market a key theme in the move towards sustainable development practices and ESG factors?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Food inflation it has a significant impact on the lives of many people around the world. Uh, in developing countries where food expenditure represents a significant proportion of the family budget, well, rising prices can lead to a food insecurity mm. and a malnutrition nutrition. So one of the main concerns about food inflation now has become food security. Individuals and communities around the world to have access to sufficient uh, healthy food. And of course, food security is a fundamental right. And that's why we have non-governmental organizations and other stakeholders that are working together to improve food security. So it's not just about investing. It's not just about opportunities for portfolio managers, you know, like like myself and Mm -hmm. the the team at IA Global Asset Manager but it's about uh, it's about society at some point.
0: And rising food prices can also have an impact on the environment, I believe, right?
1: Yeah, of course. The growing demand for meat, for example, has led yeah. to an increase in livestock production, which is a major source of greenhouse gas emissions. The increased use of fertilizers and pesticides to boost uh, agricultural yields uh, helps to make sure that everyone has food to eat, but on the other end can have very harmful effects on the environment and on human health. So we're pretty much at this juncture now where we need to balance the ability to feed everyone, but also taking care of the planet, mm-hmm. making sure that we don't have an harmful impact on human health because you know, the global population is growing. Uh, we're using more and more of the resources. So we might think locally, we might think about our you know, wallet when we go at the grocery store, but ultimately we're talking about something that is global and we've seen coming for a while, but now, I mean, we have both feet in it.
0: Absolutely. And governments, international organizations and businesses are all working together now to find some solutions for food inflation. Could you maybe give us a few examples? Yeah,
1: sure. So again, tying back to the ESG theme, some some companies have committed to reducing their carbon footprint by adopting more sustainable farming practices. Uh, Some organizations have launched programs to encourage the production and consumption of local and seasonal foods, uh, which can cut costs, reduce uh, greenhouse gas, emissions. So there are some solutions and some initiatives.
0: Very interesting. Thank you so much, Sébastien. And thank you to all our listeners for being there. If you like this episode, we invite you to share it with your friends or give us an opinion on the listening platforms, Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Love this podcast? Want to know more about economic news? Follow our In Your Interests" podcast, available on all platforms. Visit the Economic News page on ia.ca or follow us on social media.